Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, the longest running Rocket League Podcast in the game today. We do it weekly. It uh, shows up on your feed uh, mm-hmm. whenever we can get it up. Uh, my name is Lazero, uh, a.k.a. Flash, a.k.a. the man with a plan until he doesn't have one. <laughs> AKA, I'm going to stop with this bit. Um, and then I'm also joined by Relentless and Wabbits. How's, how's it going, guys? Uh, it's going good, but you said a.k.a. Flash, meaning Return of the Flash. Is what? he back? Back and better um, than ever? Listen, back and better I, than Lazero? That would mean I was six months to go pro. So I don't know. I'm kind of trying to try to get ready for it, a six know? month <laughs> time yet time limit. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's I'm trying to gauge it. You know, maybe maybe one day, maybe one day. Can you outrank um, Nictacular in six months? Can you do it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've done it before. I've been ahead of Nictacular rank before. That's not that's not overly that complicated. Um, I guess uh, I guess what we can start with is. Uh, Maybe uh, some new announcement type things. Um, mm-hmm. You guys ready to get into it? You guys ready? You guys wait, ready? wait, 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 wait. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you already. Let's go. Um, yo, he said he was I had ready. to do no, it just so me. you would start talking so then I can interrupt you. Um, yeah, yeah, just so you know. Ah, okay, 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 yeah. So going back, how many episodes have you done the AKA? I'm pretty sure this is the second time. Yeah, but that's like I know, but it's such a throwback. Like, what it, it, it was nice. I liked it. It was really nice to see again. It was the return of the AKAs. And I think you. You think you no, think never. I, like, and that's what makes it even it. better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it does. I guess it does. Um, all right. Speaking of things that we've planned, new Robin College out, shows out. Patreon, blah blah blah. Uh, football. That's a that's a thing. Did you guys try the football mode out? Uh, I have. Um, it's it's a bit chaotic. Part of it is because it's essentially spike rush chaos. Um, you have four people on each team, which essentially just turns into everyone crashing into each other around the ball the entire time. Almost like football. <laughs> Almost like football. Um, but it's I think it's too many people for me. Uh, it I played one game and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this again. And so, uh, but I, some of the cool I, things I think of it. Actually designed that you're supposed to go in front of the people and try to demo and like protect your guy. Yeah, I think it's designed for passes downfield and that kind of stuff because you can essentially pass the ball. Like you can throw the ball downfield and that kind of thing off your car. Um, essentially dodging with the ball throws it downfield. So like I think yeah. it's designed for that kind of stuff, but in the Rocket League sense. But essentially they just they just made spike rush with a football. Except no ceiling. So you know, think think what you will. I think it actually makes it more manageable than people upside down on the ceiling. I think that's a really good decision. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they, uh, they they created the out of bounds border about um, a quarter of the way up the wall, and so that was really good. Uh, you don't have people just take the ball, drive up the ceiling, and then uh, and then try and do crazy musty flicks and stuff like that. So, um, no, that that was good. I think they thought through some of it really well. Um, like you can even like throw spirals and stuff downfield and they do like a kickoff and everything. So if you score on the opponent, um, at the next thing, it's going to kick off and just automatically land on somebody's car. And that's how it starts. So it's kind of cool, um, that they thought of some of those football, American football specific things. So I thought that was interesting. It's just playing more than like one or two, or maybe if you can get a few people to play together and you just meme about it, then I think that'll be more interesting. Man, the more and more I, I see like these game modes go in, you know, like all the all the player based campaigns, like we want more game modes, we want more game modes. But then I play these game modes and I'm like, it's cool for like a couple games, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have a different I think take that's on pretty that, true. But, uh, but it's always fun to just play the random, you know, do whatever game modes with your friends that are just you know, it's it's an actual game mode for four I think people. That's key. I, I, I think that's the though. key. I think you have to have yeah. people to play this one with because it's not going to be something you necessarily enjoy solo queuing unless I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just I fully thing. agree with that. I mean, and honestly, I, I think another cool thing is like, I think if you run it in, you get seven points, and if you throw it in, you get three. Okay, I think that's I a pretty cool thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how that worked, um, and. One thing I was thinking about, it's like this, this is why casual game modes are so tough sometimes is because people can just like quit and, and not want to play. You know what I mean? Or they're like down. They just quit. And it's like, well, 
this is no longer satisfying mm-hmm. the last minute. <laughs> but they're going to have specific rewards, like football-themed rewards and everything. So if you're going to play the game mode, finish the game mode and get your uh, whatever tokens and stuff it's going to give you. For sure, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, other things, uh, Beginner's Corner will be out uh soon we'll have a new beginner's corner episode on youtube it's been a while uh just a lot of uploading type things uh been stalling it so yeah digital toast will have that beginner's corner i'm excited for that i'm excited to see uh, a new one for that um and that's really it for the announcements and the news um unless i miss something not that i, I something, see guys <laughs> oh no i don't see that you know like mm-hmm. other other news <laughs> i know what i said type things now no okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just like, don't blame me, people, if, if there's some big announcement that happened and I don't know about it. Uh, uh, totally Fennec fair. decals. Oh, that's true. Fennec Ooh. decals are out. Um, and some of them look really good. I like the way they designed some of them. Uh, other ones I thought were just uh, copy and pasted over and it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it is what it is. Um, it's Fennec decals, which people have been, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely wanting for a long time considering fennec is the most yep, popular it's card definitely about time surprisingly enough um it's about time they did some of that stuff uh so very I, i'm happy about it i mean i think it like i said some of them are very interesting looking and um and i'll be get getting them for my fennec and stuff at some point nice nice uh okay uh, let's move on to the asap weekly tournament corner uh we had our little world cup um this past saturday uh congrats to messi and pawn for winning it for us east, east i believe east. <laughs> uh h- how was the tournament relentless i, I caught a bit of it but it, it seemed like there was a there's some interesting uh <laughs> interesting things that happened um yeah we had a the, the attendance was was the tough part i actually really only, we only like i think missed out on one player um flux is the one that didn't quite make it I uh, don't know what ended up happening there, but we had people that are like, I can't find my teammate like 10 minutes before it's supposed to start. And so the attendance was going to be the tough issue, but we ended up getting that handled for the most part. Um, Messi subs in for um, subs in for flux, which is, uh, which is a tough one because a few things um, pawn who was registered with flux was us west and they were going to be representing us west Messi is not us west and so um but he was the sub that was available so we had to kind of work within those limits and uh and then they come in and mess i don't usually like subbing in players that are higher than the player they're taking over for i just don't find that necessarily fair and so Messi comes in and he's a higher rated player than flux even as good as flux is um so i was just so that they come in and they're obviously going to be one of the you know, they were already like flex and pawn were already one of the uh, top teams in the tournament, I think. And then you get Messi that jumps in instead. And they were obviously a very tough team to beat, but they were beatable. Like you had a, you know, a few teams that we watched them on stream and they were up on them in the, uh, in a few games and they just like give away games in the last minute. Um, like Ty, Ty Swoogles and Dave were a team representing Canada and like game one, they were up, I think it was, three one going into the last minute and they just end up um not being able to hold on and and then lose i think in a three game sweep and then uh yeah no that, that's really tough I, I was gonna also say that i feel like uh this further builds the conspiracy that asap weekly doesn't want the aussies to win a tournament well we don't i mean it's not a conspiracy it's a confirmed fact <laughs> at this point we, we, we really <laughs> don't but um you know we, we want them to participate we want them to feel good about the money they spend so we let them participate when we can and uh i guess this was the actual first tournament that they've ever been able to just just play yes. together that's what they were saying is this is the first one they played together and they made the finals like they were definitely a very good team and they uh you know we end up so in the finals we uh, we were playing on US West because we had Messi who was USC, so we had the Aussies who were obviously Oceana, and um, and so we're playing US West as kind of the middle ground. But the Aussies were ro- each rocking about 220 ping, and so that was kind of rough. And so after game two, and Messi and Palm both had under 80 ping, I was like, okay, well we're gonna try the Oceania servers. Servers, and Messi coming all the way from US East had better ping going to Oceania and the Aussies <laughs> did had going to us West. And so we played the rest of them on the, uh, Oceania, Oceania servers and, um, 
and they, and they won the next two games. So we went into a game five and tied up and um, they had a chance. They just could not quite get it done, but they took it to game five in the finals. So despite our best efforts, they, uh, they found a way to at least be competitive. True, true. Uh, well, I, was I caught the finals. The they were amazing. Actually, good place uh, overall. Um, just honestly, really fun to watch the uh, the Aussies actually have a chance there. Almost take it. Um, and then, you know, classic relentless things, giving the, the U.S. people two wins up just to make sure that the Aussies lost. So well, I was hoping the, I, I was going to see if the U.S. people were going to pull a G2 and just get the almost did it. Going. Almost did it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, they have the, uh, the special rules in the discord. Now, I also want to mention that, uh, if you want to participate in any of these tournaments or the weekly Friday, 8 PM Eastern, uh, game nights, you can always join our discord. Uh, the link is on our Twitter bio, so I'm sure people can find that. Um, we're going to continue on in the things we work on corner, I believe it's called. Um, so these are the things that we are working on throughout the week. Um, this is this is kind of mixed with our week in Rock League, uh, but I like to focus on the one kind of focus that we still have or new one thing that we're working on. Uh, maybe I'll start with the Relentless because I know Wabbits has had mechanical issues, uh, having mm-hmm. uh, some trouble with <laughs> me- literally mechanical issues in the <laughs> in the human uh, mechanisms. Um, yeah, okay, Relentless first, and then I'll see what Wabbits has to say. We'll give a Wabbits update, I guess. After. <laughs> Um, things I've been working on, it's, I haven't really been spending, I, like I, I say it like as if I ever do, but I haven't been spending a ton of time on mechanics and everything. Um, what I've actually been trying to focus on specifically is short rotations. And so like when you're on the offensive end, maintaining offensive pressure, get getting those, either those small pads and those, um, and like the side boost and stealing opponents, corner boost and those kind of things so that you can maintain offensive pressure and you don't have to go back further so i've been working on the short rotations especially while playing twos to get myself in position to either keep the ball on the offensive end or i have boost to make a play in the midfield to either delay or whatever while my teammate recovers so i've really just Mm -hmm. been working really heavily on those short rotations and trying to just overall keep that offensive pressure and i think that's i guess it's given me a lot of success especially in the twos because you essentially once you know you put enough pressure and stuff on eventually you end up finding an opening and um, you know, provided that I can actually score those, which is the low, low expectations there, but provided I can actually score. It's, it's had a lot of um, good results for me. So just, and it's the obvious thing. Every time you get coached by somebody and they, they're like, you should get these small boost pads. And I do it too. Like I'll, whenever somebody asks me for coaching and I look over the replay, I'm like, Oh, you gotta get the small boost pads. And meanwhile, I'm going all the way back for boost. So, um, but yeah, that's why I've been working on mostly is just kind of focusing on that so that I can um, do a good job maintaining offensive pressure and um, keeping good midfield plays and that kind of stuff. Nice, nice. Uh, Wabbits, what is your update? Uh, have you been doing more stretches? <laughs> I have been stretching. It's been great. Um, I will say I'm really happy to hear that you're uh, incorporating the short rotations a lot more um just because they are incredibly useful uh both in twos and threes um and if you really want to learn how to do those you should probably probably play some ones i know it sounds horrible to say and it's disgusting but you should probably do that um specifically because you can learn how to challenge effectively on the short rotation because you want to stay close to the ball like in ones and apply that pressure just by being there um, and in doing that, you'll learn how to, how to challenge, um, how to conserve your boost effectively, how to do all the, the stuff that you need to. And it's just a really good way to learn short rotations. Um, so think about that relentless. What, <laughs> what I've been thought about, okay. it. think about it a little bit more, just a little bit more. Terrible. <laughs> Anyone that plays one should feel bad. Like if you're a ones main, just think just about stop. it a bit more, but <laughs> no, don't do it. It, it might be useful. <laughs> No, no, it's definitely one of those things. And I mean, it's, it's another thing that is always said whenever you get like a coaching session from somebody like, Oh yeah, you should play once. It's really helpful with this. And I'll even say that same exact stuff. Well, I don't (laughs) play once. Um, It's just one of those things of like, it's like taking medicine, man. It's like taking medicine that tastes really, really bad. You know, you're supposed to, it's bitter. dude. It is, it is, you know, you're supposed to, you know, it's going to help you, but God, you okay. really don't want to do it. Start playing ones, but don't play ones. Just do short rotations. Specifically that. Learn how to challenge. 
what if I what if I play ones but like I'm playing no. threes? Will that work? Because you'll do long rotations and you'll fall back into your natural and it'll be bad <laughs> and you'll be bad and you'll never get better. And that's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but but eventually I'll get so I'll lose so many games that I'm playing people that are worse than me, and then I'll just win so with my There's bad an rotations. assumption here that you'll ever find people worse than you. And <laughs> <laughs> I've got the screenshots of beating you labs, it's fine. Those are doctored. Those are photoshops. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something that I've actually wanted to be working on in my own uh, Rocket League play, though, is just a fun little um, idea that I saw, oh, God, a while ago in the stream. Um, And I've thought about it and I kind of want to incorporate it where it's doing, if you you have time, um, something similar to a squishy save um, where you go in and out and you, you know, uh, you drive into the net, go along the ceiling, jump out, um, and then get something like that, which, you know, is always a super cool save, but it's really hard to do. So almost never recommended unless you have no boost and really need to do it or are trying to avoid demo or whatever else. Right. It's pretty bad to do. looks really cool. I always do it. Um, <laughs> but something that I'm trying to do with that similar to that is instead of going on the ground and going up, um, I want to double jump up to the ceiling, air roll uh, upside down, and then come back out on the ground, um, specifically so you have momentum towards the play, um, and you can get an effective challenge, probably catch them off guard. And you also have the ability to cover pretty much the entire net with an okay reaction. Um, So I've been thinking about incorporating that, trying it out. Um, I don't know if it'll be good, but... So so you're you're going into the net, double jumping to the ceiling or you go up onto the ceiling and Uh, jump down? So you're driving towards the net. You go into the ceiling net Uh or the net ceiling. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. You're, you're jumping before you reach the net air rolling so that your wheels touch, you know, you're essentially on the ceiling of the net and then you're rolling out that way. Okay. I've actually seen, um, I've actually seen a few different high level players and Mm -hmm. stuff do that. And I forget who it was. Somebody did it and they started a super exactly. quick counterattack. And um, especially in something like ones or, or twos, it's actually twos is probably more effective with it. Um, but yeah, I've seen a few different high level players do that. And in the right. Exactly. Instance, very I, I just think it could be a really good thing to, you know, have as an option that you're thinking of and aware of. Um, so I've thought about it and I kind of want to incorporate it, maybe force it a fair bit just to have that as something in the back pocket of, oh, I have a bit of extra time on the save. I don't want to just, you know, drift back post and sit there because that's kind of boring. I want to go do something more fun. So jump into the ceiling of the net. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. So you double jump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the one thing that I always fear is like you'll do that and then you'll speed out of the net and you're like, oh wait, no, I can't save it. <laughs> At worst, you can slam on the brakes when you're coming down. That, that that's worst case scenario. I think. For- to be fair, like it's not like this. Like the squishy save, essentially, yes. you need to time it perfectly as well. So it's not like it's it's the optimal mm-hmm. way of saving anything. Yeah, it just makes it more safe as long as they're not going to be shooting like top post. But yeah, yeah, because then you actually exactly. see what's going on and you're not. Uh, you can you can fly upwards, which is which is nice. Uh, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I am still working on double touches. I, I've gotten a lot better at them. I think overall they're more consistent. Um, the the speed at which I do them is quite slow still. I think relatively for effective use. Um, but I think I have accepted the fact that um, it's okay that I'm not necessarily doing them like full, full, full speed yet because of the fact that it helps me just practice car control regardless. Um, so I think, I think part of me is just accepting like, okay, as long as I I'm, I'm focusing on being consistent, even with the slightly slower ones uh, now um, so that like, let me, let me get that, that down first before I start like speeding it up a lot. Um, uh, and I guess another thing is the speed flip. I've been, I've been looking at that. Uh, these are kind of the two things I've been working on for like a month now, uh, and I'm still kind of chipping away at them. Like I don't feel, I feel like I got my air dribbles and my flip resets to at least like a like a sixty five percent, you know, seventy. Um, but these don't double touches in and uh, speed flips don't feel like that at all. Speed fizz especially. Um, so these are kind of the two things I'm working on. Uh, I guess another thing that I like to say is is I now have champ one and threes and twos. Uh, so I have no excuse nice. not to play ones now. 
so I've been playing a little bit of those as well. And um, it's there are times where I'm really motivated to play ones and I really enjoy it, kind of like outsmarting the opponent. And there's other times where it feels like a chore and currently feels like a chore. But um, I know it's I know it's good. So it's good for improving. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I shall attempt to play it mostly once, uh, just so I can, one of my, one of the first goals I had for this year was trying to get a, um, what's it called? Uh, champ won all three, uh, competitive playlists in, mm-hmm. in the regular modes and ones, twos and threes. So I'm hoping I can, uh, keep that momentum going. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm working on. Nice. That's that's my really week went. I'm happy to hear you're doing um, once. Try and convince relentless. Yeah. Nope. Can't Everybody needs to play Can't once. I, I you guys are gonna have to pay thing. me a lot more if you want me to, you know, put myself through all that for uh for this. Everybody Not needs to happen. play ones except for ones players. I, they need to play threes. But everybody needs to play ones. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're first killer, you know, and you're just going back to ones because you're good at it. Um yes, no, not first killer, sorry, scrub. Yeah. And then they're both good at they're, it. Yeah. Let's not lie. Uh speaking of first killer uh we're gonna get to the main i guess segment of today uh like i said i've been we've been trying to kind of play with the format a little bit um we've done this before where we did like a more in-depth recap of a particular game so we're gonna do that today um but we're gonna give you time we're not gonna start at you know the 50 minute mark uh we're gonna start at kind of kind of earlier on and we're gonna see how this goes maybe we'll have a, a little more energy a little more insight uh so the way it's gonna work is i shall do the uh mm-hmm. play-by-play recap um it's uh, and we'll be doing the winners final. So this actually won't be the grand final, but it'll be the winners final between energy and rogue. We'll actually recap uh, the grand final next week. Uh, I'm hoping to to maybe maybe see the differences between the winners and the grand final. See what big things changed. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do that. So as I'm going through this, I'm going to read these through. Uh, then Wabbit's is going to jump in with the stats from the game, uh, and then Relentless will tell us if it either confirms or denies what he thinks of the teams, right? Because I think we all have an idea of what we think of certain players and how they play, what we think of certain teams and their play styles. Uh, so after myself and Wabbits goes, Brellens is going to give us that, uh, that is this within your perception of the team or is this kind of different from what you expect from the team, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is how we're going to do it. Uh, winners finals, finals from the winter RLCS X <laughs> winter regional uh, number three. Really exciting tournament, by the way. If you haven't seen it, there was so uh, many definitely go games. check it out. Um, we'll go there's so many good good games i mean honestly everything from the semis on, yeah. onward is uh, insane um okay we're gonna get into it game number one nrg rogue uh first killer scores early and i want to mention this uh rogue scoring early is is a uh, <laughs> reoccurring theme all right that happens throughout uh <laughs> these games another reoccurring theme is that garrett responds and scores right after it <laughs> so there's two things that, re- that happen a lot uh so that's that's kind of how game number one starts one and one uh both teams looks relaxed in game one uh in this winner's final so they're both very relaxed they seem they seem very flowy they don't even seem to be going all too fast i think this happens in game one sometimes like you either have a really nervous game or you have teams that are kind of like okay i'm not going like full out i'm kind of like chilling we're gonna kind of let the pace of the game dictate itself um then there's a moment where justin almost scores with a crossbar this is a crazy crossbar save uh by rogue uh which leads to their counterattack, so that gets them up um uh energy responds right away with a bounce pass from garrett to squishy to tie it up 2-2 um then there's a crazy pass from first killer to turn turo uh which i i say it's crazy it's what i think is the big thing that i noticed is the player's already in the air and then his teammate passes to him. That's kind of how it feels like. Like, it might not necessarily be the case, but that's kind of how some of these passes happen. So, like, the moment that uh, um, First Killer hit the ball here for this pass that was redirected by Turrentoro in the air, it was like a bullet going and Turrentoro was already there pretty much. Um, and then on top of that, First Killer gets a demo and Turrentoro scores again. 4-2 lead f- for Rogue at Rogue uh takes game number one so uh rogue is off to a good start it felt like they had a uh, pretty good control in this first game um the passing plays like pass to shot plays was kind of the main way that a lot of teams scored in this particular series so uh mm-hmm. yeah let's see what, what that's we have actually completely box. true there's an assist on uh every goal except for one and i think that was a solo play by oh i don't know solo play by turo turn turo i think um and that was Yep, that was the last. There's a lot of those. Can I just Mm -hmm. mention Mm -hmm. Turin Turo 
coming from the greatest team. <laughs> True. <laughs> ever. To ever play. Yes, Charlie Phoenix. <laughs> listen. Listen. You can say what you want about Charlotte Phoenix about Karma, but Karma knows who the next best player Shadow is. To, I'm just saying. To get picked up. It's going to happen. Yeah, Shadow. It's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Any other other interesting um, statistics from this game? Nothing too much from what I can see. Of boost and everything was basically the exact same. Um, the only difference was that uh, Rogue actually had demos. So basically no difference. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something I, I it felt like... Uh, n- this first game had less uh, than as the series went on, but I may- maybe I just didn't catch them, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's kind of how Okay, I you know what? I'm going to ask after we go through the whole thing. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to see if uh, Relentless, any thoughts? Is this kind of... Uh, I don't know if you caught any of the games, but uh, more than anything, I want to ask, do you have like an idea of how you think NRG and, and Rogue kind of play? Um and if you ever if if you kind of see these recaps does like does it kind of entail what you think um i mean go, going over like each of the each of the games and stuff like that and it's really i mean it, and i'll kind of save the overall recap for after you'll, you'll save it okay. all, all the things but i think it's just one of those things of um I think with NRG, what what you're gonna see kind of over and over is is they just in these kind of moments they don't have the same. I don't know, and this is my perspective. They don't have the same level of consistency that they do, you know. And it's usually against worse teams, but I've seen them do against good teams. They don't have the consistency of the goal scoring and just the ability to pop off out of nowhere. You'll see it in the earlier mm. rounds, and I think that's kind of what held them back. And obviously, they they push rogue and stuff and got to. Um, you know, got to the bracket reset and stuff, but it's, uh, but then rogue just kind of took over from there. That's a great point. I keep that in your head. Uh, we're definitely gonna talk about the overall, I think I'm going to rush through this and we're just going to do stats and we're just going to rush through it. Um, just give you the recaps of how the games went because the, I have a point to that as well. Uh, cause I have a theory that in this particular series, energy preferred the game to be mm. a little slower. Um, but anyway, keep that in mind. Uh, game number two, uh, Guess what? Game number two. Uh, you might have thought you might have thought that you were watching the uh, game number one uh, <laughs> recap because the same thing happens. Rogue <laughs> scores early off of kickoff, uh, and then Garrett scores back one one. It's almost like a script happened or something. Uh, I noticed in this game that the games seem to be speeding up, so there's more demos happening from both teams. Uh, our statistician Wabs will tell me if I'm right or wrong after this. Um, but in this in game number two, energy starts to put more and more pressure. Rogue is defending well. Uh, great pass from Turturro and his air dribble. So air dribble, um, Turturro goes off the wall, air dribbles, manages to get a second touch to just beat uh, energy defender. Uh, and that uh, lets Rogue score off that pass from that air dribble uh, to get them up in the lead. Um, but then Justin ties it after a great Garrett G bump. Then the game goes into overtime and Squishy finds an opening. And what I mean finds an opening, I mean Squishy had time and space and the net was wide open because rogue double committed uh they just completely flopped on the defense in game number two uh and that brings the series to one and one any interesting mm-hmm. yes from this one, uh, so you weren't wrong that both teams had more demos um energy had one more and which brings them to a total of two and rogue had eight demos which is kind of insane that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of demos <laughs> Um, also the <laughs> fact that there is 17 saves on the, on the board with 25 shots oh, with five goals. Like that's absolutely insane. They were straight up just fighting each other. Like it was just punching their face, each other's faces, no defense, just punch, punch, punch. <laughs> Do you think NRG needs to start going for more demos? Cause like you're saying, that's such a large difference um you know going from what it was like nine yep. to two or something like that such a large difference in demos do you think nrg needs to chase um, a little bit more? i don't know if that's necessarily true because nrg actually won this one i think rogue was over committing on demos um at least okay. just from stats and like where the demos happened in in things um so my guess is that they might have focused too heavily on them got a little bit out of rotation and then accepted pressure because of it um, rather than the purpose of the demo being the alleviate pressure and to create pressure on the other side. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, I think I think I think energy in their mind thinks they can get away with not doing demos. They're like, as long as we have control of the game, like we can beat people without the demos. Well, you run it. You run into a few teams like that that they they essentially play the you know just the pre meta, the pre demo meta style, and they just kind of like lean on that, and they don't even whether they don't think of it or they just actively like, oh, I'm not. We're not going to even you know bother trying that hard for that kind of stuff i think they they want to alleviate risk but what ends up happening is that you actually decrease the amount of uh, goal scoring opportunities you have you know what i mean but i think the theory is like no we can beat this team we're better than them so we don't have to like put one person out of position to go for a demo Um, but they actually do end up using demos to score later on uh, that we'll see but uh yeah no i I think like energy is, is one of those teams that it's like if they don't have to, they yep. really don't want to be doing that most. Um, which, you know, is completely different from like the space station slash uh, BDS, you know what I mean? Like style of just f- uh, giants full speed ahead, demos all over the mm-hmm. place, passing, like, you know what I mean? Like there is no stopping, like they just keep going, right? Uh, but I think energy is not one of those teams. They like to have a little, you know, as, as to my theory, I think they like to have a little bit of, of slowing down the pace of the game so they can they can try their tricky uh mm-hmm. you know solo plays um all right we're gonna continue on uh minute one without a goal in game number three uh so that that was different <laughs> from game number one and two um energy has more control you kind of feel like uh, in this game energy definitely started exerting more control and i think it was because if you if um Rogue after game two, it almost felt like they're like, okay, like we might have to switch something up. But I think what ended up happening is they actually alleviated some of that pressure. Uh, that being said, Tor- uh, Toroko does score after a strong backward pass, so they do take the lead. But then guess what? <laughs> Garrett G scores back. Uh, so, you know, the one thing that I really noticed in the series is that Garrett G was scoring right after they scored. He was almost like the guy is like, nah, nah, you don't, you don't get this uh, win. Um, and then the crazy sequence of saves happen in game three. So uh, Rogue just keeps like saving it and then saving it and then saving it. Um, it was it was like sometimes there's like crazy in front of the net saves, right? But the nice thing about this is like there were saves that like kind of bounced out. It, it kind of felt like a um, a ping pong rally. You know what I mean? When you're like smashing down with a ping pong rally and the guy's like, stopping it. and But it's like a slow bounce back and then they hit it hard again and they start, save it again. So that's kind of how it felt like... Um, but then a flip reset pass from Justin to Squish, it does go for a goal. So this is kind of keeping a theme with the series where if you can get a redirect or pass right in front of that defender, that last defender, uh, they're usually going to score. And so that's how they make it through. Um, then Squishy follows up with another goal. Uh, uh, then uh, great. Um, then there's another uh, passing play by Rogue. Uh, pass back. Rogue scores. Then Garrett responds. This game ends up 4-2. Uh what I took away from this game is energy took control. They had more control and Garrett G if you, if you score on Garrett G Garrett G scores back. That's what mm-hmm. I took away from game number three. Uh, uh, you said earlier that the um, energy just had more control this game and you were hundred percent correct. Um, you can see that entirely in the boost stolen uh, and the boost overall, where it was just heavily leaning far more than any other uh, games I've seen in a while, actually um, towards energy's side. So they were spending a lot of time on uh, Rogue's end, just taking all of the the boost available, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, Relentless, if you want to jump in, jump in at any point. Otherwise, oh I'm going to just keep Wait, uh, rolling through. Hold up. Uh, Energy had 18 I, shots that round. Rogue had four. And Rogue scored two of them. This is NRG though, in a nutshell. Like we've seen this so much. Like they're a team that can get from fifteen to twenty shots in a game, and it's because I think they value shots that rebound and let them keep control and keep pressure over creating plays that are like a little riskier but might be more goal scoring oriented. I think Rogue. Every time Rogue scores, it's a pass into a shot and it's a goal. Like hmm. like pretty much, pretty much. And it's just like it, it's. And it's not all that risky of a play because they're playing so quickly, but it is a little bit of a risk. Well, I think energy tends to just be mm-hmm. like, okay, let's pepper in the net and then figure it Enough. out. Yeah. Well, I think, I think energy does like each of their players do so much more solo efforts to get a shot on net and they just end up taking those extra shots and stuff because of the solo efforts versus a team like rogue that it may not, may not necessarily be um, set plays, but they're very quick passing plays or counterattacks or stuff like that, that just, 
are a little bit higher percentage chance. They just don't <laughs> have as many of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Uh, any other any no, other takeaways, like Waps? I think we're good so far. All right, that's going to take us to game number four. Uh, <laughs> guess what? If you, you thought the script wasn't written, it's just like game one and game two. Uh, Rose course in the beginning, and Garagey responds. Uh, so... I don't it's know scripted. if it's like just say it. Yep, it's scripted. I don't know. Garrett, you kept responding and square right out there. Um, then it's kind Squishy of a probably script if they keep using it game after. Nobody game. Like, expects come on, guys. it four seven games to go. Nobody's just going to stand there and forward smash <laughs> four times in a row. That's a melee meme, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, if, if I mention StarCraft, uh, exactly. the melee. Um, I would also like to say I think it was really nice to kind of see some parody in the in the in the in the games. The the <laughs> the fact that this kept repeating, I thought it was funny. Uh, on top of this, uh, in game number four, so it's one one. Uh, once again, with a rogue early go on garage response, uh, and then squishy scores probably the fanciest squishy goal of this particular one, uh, where it goes in double touch uh, that goes off the ceiling and the backboard, mm-hmm. and and squishy gets that double touch. Um, then there's a crazy passing play from rogue. Uh, to tie up for 2-2. I think there's two or three passes there, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I just have crazy passing plays from Rogue. That's I have it in all caps, so uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll have to imagine that one. Uh, and then First Quarter follows it up with a uh, getting... Uh, in, in a goal that's kind of... It like doesn't seem too special, but it's like first goal is just really quick off the ground. I think the ball was uh, on like pretty close to the ground. Uh, jumps up, gets a good 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 power shot, scores it, uh, and that is enough for Rogue to tie it up two two. Um, yeah, what's, what's the stats fancy. on this one? It seems like it was a really even game. Um, again, our previous thoughts of Rogue going for very very threatening shots while NRG just goes for more um, is more or less continuing here with 42% shooting uh, accuracy by Rogue, but only 22 by NRG. Meanwhile, it's only a one-goal game. Nice, nice. Uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, game number five, teams pretty much used to each other at this point. Uh, but the first... So it, it feels like now the goals are kind of being less and the teams have kind of fell into a rhythm. Like that's game five, six, and seven kind of feel like a little different. Um, and this time, you know, speaking of different, Gergi scores first for Energy to take the lead. Uh, and I, I know here that it seems like Gergi scored a lot of goals in the series. Um, and literally, that's it. They hold mm-hmm. on to that one goal for the win. So uh, I don't know if there's anything too special about this game, but it seems like if you take game five, six, seven for this one, it's it's a lot different than mm-hmm. this uh, game. One, two, three, four. Yeah, boost just barely edged out by Energy. Um, not actually much to to say about this one. Well, I mean, you can see that though. Like this, I imagine the stats are a lot closer because they they literally just. It's I don't know if they're playing safe, but I, it felt like it kind of became one of those like rally type yeah. games, like just a lot of big passes that might lead to something. But um, whether or not anybody was up there to uh, to receive them, or they were just cut off in the midfield, or whatever else it might have been, something was going on where it was just a not active game. Yeah. Uh, then we go into game number six. Early goal for Rogue. Uh, I put again because Rogue just finds ways to score True. off the kickoff in the beginning of games, uh, off of passing play. Um, then there's a nice shot from First Killer uh, to get them to two zero, and then Turn Turo takes on the whole energy team for three zero. So uh, unlike the rest of the games, game number six, Rogue just kind of took over. Uh, there's a great Turn Turo go. I don't know how he finds his path, but. You know, he there's like a labyrinth of impossible enemies, and, and he found his way through uh, from the wall, kind of, kind of, kind of near the uh, the corner there uh, on the energy side, and, and kind of squeezed through the three players. Um, and yeah, they took it. They took it. So I imagine the stats. Favor um, surprisingly, not. They uh, energy might have been aggressive, uh, a little bit over aggressive, leading to some leading to some open um, nets or goals of that were just available um, outside of probably. You think perhaps they want they they did that because uh, it was a maybe game six? maybe they were feeling a little bit comfortable trying to see what could happen, um, play a little bit more aggressive and forward and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. definitely possible. And then game number seven happens, and I imagine it kind of I I imagine the stats are probably going to be most similar to game number five, but it's a zero zero game. I think both teams don't want to lose it, so it feels like they play a little safer. 
Um, and that's pretty much it. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Like this is, you know, we've made the joke about volleyball before, but when there's games like this, that's when it feels like the most like volleyball when the teams are just kind of booming it back down, back and forth down. It's it's not even good volleyball. It's like, it's like a uh, grade five, you know, everyone can serve it volleyball, right? Like they're, they're not really like, there's no sets and spikes. It's just, it's just, they're hitting it back and forth and seeing who drops it. Um, this game goes into overtime and, and Taroko scores the winner for this one. Any, any interesting thing is the last game. This is the uh, first one that rogue actually had a, uh, like really big advantage in terms of boost, both stolen and collected. Like it was really mm. big. Um, they had over twice the amount, like by 200 boost, um, over twice the, um, the amount of stolen, which means that there was at least one person, probably all of them just kind of chilling on the NRG side. <laughs> I, I think more than anything after game six where they did do so well perhaps they thought okay because ceiling boost is almost like it's a safe way to eke out an edge in a game yeah you know what i mean i'm like it's a it's like i think no? they were just yeah, extremely aggressive but it ended up being like ping pongy mm. um which was probably on the side of energy actually so what ended up happening is rogue had nine shots and energy had one so what I'm thinking happened here is oh. this this is trying to remember from way back and I'm not actually remembering whatsoever. I'm just looking at stats. Um, energy probably couldn't actually escape their side and we're just like, boom it away. We need to get some boost to get some some uh, offense mounted. Um, so they would just boom it back to the corner. And, and yeah, to keep up pressure, back. they would <laughs> hit it back um, because they knew that they were winning that as, as long as they have a relatively safe player uh, playing a little bit defensively, they're not going to get scored on because nrg can't make a 1v1 play or even a 2v1 play because they don't have the boost economy um so it probably ended up ping pongy because energy couldn't do anything and rogue was okay just accepting that these are like my nightmare uh yeah games <laughs> where where it's just like everyone's just hitting it back and forth and you're like no it doesn't feel like anyone really has control like there's maybe a little bit of pressure but no one really has any I don't know. There's like very, you hit the ball like three times. <laughs> you're just like sitting there and you're like, oh no, we're going to overtime. It's going to be whoever gets some lucky goal in this like terrible game, right? Where you feel like you have no control. I think that's completely true. <laughs> also, I will say, um, Rogue figured it out the way to win uh, with this game because what they did is they didn't score until the last two seconds. And you want to know what can't happen in two seconds? Garrett G can't get a return goal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. They figured it out. They nice, figured nice. out the strat. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk a little bit about mm. the overview. I want to start with the relentless because uh, we, uh, yeah, we did a little bit of sprint here. Uh, so relentless, your takeaways, NRG rogue in this winners, or I guess in the tournament in general. Uh, takeaways, NRG rogue, nothing, nothing specific there beyond, I think rogue to a very small degree overachieved in this one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to go through team envy. They're able to beat NRG in the winner's finals and then, um, win after the bracket reset in, in the grand finals. So I think it was one of those of, of rogue definitely, like I said, it's, it's a small degree of overachieving. Cause I think at this point, uh, with the consistency that Rogue has shown in the last several regionals and that kind of stuff, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that they're probably the fourth of that top four when you've got Energy, Space Station, and Envy, kind of the top three there, and then Rogue probably rounding out that top four. But then you, you know, I, I think beyond that, you see stuff like G2 and Peeps and stuff battling for five, six, and then a few others, maybe seven and eight. And you just kind of, but that top four, especially with Rogue, coming in um, and playing so well in this one and beating those teams on the way up, beating Envy, beating Energy and that kind of stuff. It's it's a real cementing thing for them. They didn't have an easy path all the way through the finals. They beat G2, they beat Envy, they beat NRG. So I think it was a good, just a, one of those really good tournaments for them. And then um, I think this will kind of solidify and hopefully help even more parity among the top of NA, which I think is just every single split that we get just feels like it's getting deeper and deeper as far as talent level. And, uh, and so I'm just kind of impressed overall with, with rogue being able to take the path that they did and, um, 
perform the way they did. I wonder, I, I just, uh, yeah, I think Rogue, like totally, they've been showing like top four performances for a while now, and this is where they've kind of broken out. Um, but on that relentless, I actually want to ask you, do you think space station is a worse matchup for Rogue than, uh, Envy and Energy by any chance? Um, could be because they, they play a similar enough play style. Like they, they both do the demos. They both have the, uh, the quick breakout counterattacks and stuff like that. Um, so it may be one of those things of the matchup between them and NRG. They find a bit more favorable. Uh, I mean, they didn't play space space station in this, in this regional, which I would have liked to see just because with rogue playing as well as they did playing against something like a team Envy, mm. which is probably closer to a space station style team than an NRG is. Um, so they probably still would have found success if they were playing as well as they were. For sure. For sure. Uh, Wabbits, I'm going to get your take on this. So, uh, earlier as we we're doing the recap, I was saying that NRG, um, prefers to have the gameplay a little slower so that they can build up, right? They can build up their set plays. They can build up their solo plays, which is a style very different from definitely in the North American meta um, and very different from something you see in BDS and Giants and EU. Um, what's your take on that? I think I agree, disagree. Probably. Strongly agree. Strongly I I disagree. Agree with that. I'm going to rest soft which agree. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure quite why. Um, energy their style is basically rely on Justin and squishy to make really, really good one V three plays and see what happens. Um, and then if it ends up being a passive, it ends up being a passive. It ends up being a goal. It ends up being a goal. That's just kind of how I see energies play where a lot of the times they don't really do anything fancy in terms of actually intending to do team plays. Um, team plays just kind of happen for them rather than an active thought of, I'm hitting this straight down to my teammate here to hit this ball, um, like directly on top of his hood. And that's what we were seeing from Rogue um, throughout the entire weekend, actually, um, where they were they had so many fakes. They had so many perfect passing plays. Um, like you said, there was probably a pre-jump passing play where that, where that was called out ahead of time um, and then aimed perfectly onto his hood in the air. Just, I don't know. Rogue is... is probably the best team team um <laughs> that there is i think at least in na yeah i, I kind of see what you're saying right like i think other players like we're at a point now in rocket league where there are a lot of pros who've been along around for so long they don't think of them as like team teams you kind of think of them as individual yeah. kind of superstars right like that's kind of kind of how you take them um, and I think with first killer Turturro and Taroko, they are very much trying to prove themselves. Um, and I think, you know, say what you want about Kronovi. And I think, I think Kronovi has a place in the pro scene. It's clear that for this team, <laughs> they are better without him, uh, which is unfortunate to say, but, uh, um, I think, I think, you know, I think another realization that I, I've been thinking about as well when it comes to the pro scene is how, if you want to be you know like like a garrett g or kate up like these players that are you know the top of the top but still managing it you know still after all these years kind of keeping that top spot i think there's a lot of those players that have been around that they're like okay let's transition to twist streaming let's transition to those things because it's kind of like this is my um this is my like the way i'm going to make a livelihood right um, but I think those players that really stay kind of the top level, they don't have they don't have a split focus, right? Like I think Twitch streaming and, and like YouTube content is great, and I think it's a lot of pros are going to do that. Uh, but I think there is a certain amount of thing about realizing of how much can I focus on this other stuff, right? Uh, so I think that's interesting to take note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think well, I'll say um, on top of some of the stuff you were saying before of like. You know, Kronovi obviously was on Rogue and he's still kind of, you know, he's, he's going to have to find his lane within the pro scene. Um, but now Rogue's obviously performing really well without him. And I like to continuously make the joke that Rogue is better than Krogue because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
I think it's what I like about their performance and stuff in this, even though it's just a regional and it's not, you know, it's not the highest level yet. You're not at the worlds or a major or anything like that, but it's, but it's still good. Cause I think this is the solidifying of rogue finding it's kind of new identity without Cronovi. Cause I think that was always the hard part for me is Cronovi had, had been around and been on rogue for so long that um, he was the identity. He was the identity. Him, his, him just being there, regardless if he was the weak link was still the identity of the team. You watch the team, like in my case, I watched him a lot of times just because of Cronovi. And now this kind of gives them more solidified presence of their own without having that kind of shadow over them of, okay, well, you you lost, you know, one of the one of the original legends of of the esports scene within Rocket League. So I think it's just really cool that um that they're kind of solidifying their own little presence, their own identity mm-hmm. with it. For sure, for sure. Um yeah. Uh Wabs, well, do you have any any kind of last thoughts? Uh like I said, next week we'll go over the uh, the grand final because uh, nothing nothing uh, is better than uh, you know best of three essentially that these teams <laughs> played best of three series. And when I mean best of three series, I don't mean oh they played a best of three. No, I mean they played three best of seven series mm-hmm. uh, during this tournament. Uh, so we'll go over the the second part of that next week. Um, do you have anything to add? Yes, um, uh, yeah. I think that forcing rogue into the fourth place might be a little bit mean at this point and undervaluing them um i i don't know which team i would put them above but at this point yeah who are, who are you gonna choose them above envy energy at this or point, space i think all me. four of them are at the point of like oh Wabs oh my bad! Where did I cut off? I did mute. I don't know he how. Died. Oh my goodness! I, I uh, at this point we're um, at. I I think that the four of them are basically the exact same level, um, and I I can't put any of them above any others. Are you sure this isn't just a rogue run of form like this weekend? You know they woke up. They're a little, so, little more, a little more. No, energy. and the reason being, <laughs> uh, the past two um, two what tournaments. Uh, past two regional events, um, they've hit top four, which is actually better than Space Station. Um, they have performed better than Space Station in like the overall placings um, in the in, in the Winter Series. Um, the best Space Station has hit is second place, and that was in uh, Regional Two with a third third place in this one. Um, and they didn't even make top four in Regional One. Rogue has been three, four, one, um, and last or was that two weeks ago i think two weeks ago um i said that if rogue ends up showing up this this tournament then they are top four and the reason i say top four is because top four is indistinguishable um i don't i can't put Mm -hmm. any single one above the other and it entirely depends on how they're playing on the day on the weekend on the month yeah i think you need a team to dominate for like two or three months at this point to to really truly say that mm-hmm. there's a top team in na that being said having a top four in na is uh, is a good yes. is a good problem <laughs> to have with g2 and peeps kind of at mm-hmm. the uh, at the heels oh peeps i think we can probably talk about how they're making a run up run up in the, in the standings uh, yeah let's talk about peeps what do you want to talk this about? is it what, what do you want to say on. about the peeps <laughs> No, even even Ty Swoogles said that you could uh, you could probably make the argument that Peeps are above mm-hmm. G two right now as far as power rankings go for for NA. So that would put Peeps around the five mark and G two around the six mark. And even then, like overall, uh, what this whole thing I think you guys were talking about it on a on last week was um, the the difference between teams and you know, before you would have, uh, you'd have the RLCS and RLRS, but now like since everything's intermixed, the difference in teams is so much closer than I think um, it used to be and closer than people realized. Cause you have so many bubble teams that are either upsetting these high level teams or something like that on a, you know, semi decent basis. So I think it's just interesting, but um it, it would be tough to kind of call right now who's like the seven and eight behind Peeps mm-hmm. and G two. Okay, I have I have one question that I need to add ask just because we brought up G two. 
Um, I, I think I've asked this actually before, but I'm going to ask again just because uh, my curiosity is is uh, peaking here to see your answer. Is the, Do you see a future within the next, let's say, five months where G2 considers switching some of its players? Oh, 100%. I think it's closer. I think it's sooner than five months. Um, G2 is a large organization. It is not something that is just, hey, a random thing that they picked up some players and stuff. G2 is a large organization, um, and they really have not been relevant in... Pretty much in uh, in esports for the most part within Rocket League, um, they've just kind of been hanging around the top, you know, top five and six. Um, pretty much since I would say I would call out the NRG trade or the NRG signing Squishy. That's last, you know, since just before that. That's when uh, G two was mostly relevant as far as a top contender. Okay, okay. I was gonna say I wonder how many bubble teams you know that might listen to the show might go. <laughs> I wish we were fifth and sixth in every yeah, tournament. Abs- well, no, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, G2 is a large They're organization. A top team. They're a top org. It, yeah. is, a, is a top organization. The reason Cloud9 got out as a top organization was because the performances and stuff weren't there, as well as probably some inter- internal stuff with Psionics and all that. But um, if your team is consistently in the top few, then you're, you know, you don't even have to, like, if you're in the, if you're in the top three consistently, no, it's not something you consider. You just got to perform better. But if you're outside the top four, top five finishers moderately consistently, which G2 kind of has been, they've been knocked out earlier and earlier. Um, they, they're going to, at some point, sooner rather than later, I would think, um, look into switching stuff around. They might wait until after the split or after the... Uh, the Worlds? After the Worlds, but that that's a tough call. Um, it's do you, crazy. Do you write it, do you write it nine. out? With the season nine G two, do you remember? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, Relentless? The season nine G two was one of the favorites going into that tournament. They had just won NA right mm-hmm. one year ago. They had just won the NA uh, NA split, and they're going into Worlds. And now, now it's like I don't. We don't see this team contending with these top other teams. Well, I mean, there, there's plenty of teams that like just they kind of fought like. One year ago, Vitality was the best team in the EU by by a good enough margin, and and now they're uh, they're definitely like they're they're kind of like outside the top four now for EU. So <laughs> it's just one. Of those I can't get ten k viewers, the, so I guess I guess he's not worried. <laughs> the just the the speed at which it evolves, and you know you're never going to have like you're not going to lose the influx of great players coming in, so you have to evolve just as fast as those influx of players. And G2 hasn't. You have other teams that kind of have and have been able to keep up, but G2 hasn't. So they're going to have to either perform better or they're probably going to start looking at at least one roster change. Now, I don't know who it would be, but at least one. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I I would not want to be the one who's deciding. Um, I'm going to give a different perspective here. I don't agree with that. I think if they can maintain like probably top six, um, then considering the other teams that they're up against, Rogue, Energy, NV, Space Station, all those are like pretty big teams. Um, I don't think that's a problem for G2, especially because G2 specifically has such a big fan base. Like G2 is, it, it is obviously G2. It's like a very big org outside of Rocket League and in so many other things. Um, but within Rocket League, it's, it's had the same roster for so long and I don't think G2 pushes that on the team to leave because that would separate the fanboys and would probably not be helpful, like helpful for them. Um, So I think maintaining a six, maintaining a crowd favorite, um, everybody loves them, whatever, uh, until one of them wants to leave. I I think it's going to be up to the players to decide, you know what? I'm, I'm done here. Um, rather go off. I don't know, be a content creator. That's tough when you have a team that's so close. I feel. Well, I mean, outside of the grid, they haven't had a decent finish in any kind of uh, RLCSX stuff since mm-hmm. October, and then even before then, it's only the grid. Everything else, they're fifth place or outside. Like they, they're just not performing 
right? Like they can do, they can get better. Like if they can consistently be top four, that's a different story than being consistently top eight. I think that's like, like G2 should be consistently top eight, mm-hmm. obviously like with the size of the org and the resources they have, they should be consistently top eight, but you have a team that is a top level org and you're never almost never inside the top four outside of the grid. Again, I like, I, I don't really agree here. Cause yes. I mean, I think ultimately this will be, uh, depending on what the G2 yeah, for org sure. is looking for, sure. right? Um, I think I think you've seen we've seen different orgs. There's orgs that are like we need mm-hmm. top one or two finishes, or else what are we doing? And I think you know here, here's the big question: It's like is G two satisfied with this top you know top six, shall we say top eight team? Um, as long as they don't fall out of that, right? I think I, we have to remember, right? Cloud Nine like mm-hmm. fell abysmally um, when the org cut Chase. Like they fell and fell and fell. I don't think G two is there yet right i think there's always a possibility that you know you know let's let's take another month or two see how they're doing and then all of a sudden it's like top 12 sure. top 16 right then then i then i i think i think if they maintain mm-hmm. a top six I results i don't think anything would happen but i think if they really start falling out of that you really see other teams consistently starting to beat them yep uh, I fully, like I, I agree with that i think top six maybe top eight just because of like the fan base but even that's pushing it it as long as they maintain top six i think it's it's hard it's hard i think with the fan base i think it's hard to maintain a fan base when you can't be seen in games like g2 has the fan base because it's g2 like i mean and you have good personalities and stuff like that like i would say rizzo is probably i think rizzo is a personality in um, you know, in all of Rocket League, he's probably one of the biggest personalities, if not the biggest. Um, so I think like that's good to have for your fan base. But if you never get to see them play in a meaningful game, like you, you're not going to be able to see those personalities. You're not going to be able to see those players. Versus if you have G two, that's you know always playing for a top four spot. Then even if you change out one player, well, that's going to build out that player's personality and recognition and that kind of stuff. Like the, like G2 is going to have the automatic recognition of being a top level org. Um, but it's going to be harder and harder to justify, Hey, we're doing this for our fan base. We're keeping our players that our fans love when, if, if they're not remotely competitive with those teams, especially when you have the, you know, the bubble teams that are starting to get more and more competitive, I think. And, and that's just, it's, it is a tough decision. I don't necessarily think that, it would be one that comes lightly. I think planning for the fan base is a very, very good thing for the org to do because that's such a large income portion for them, whether it's through the streaming aspect of the individual players or the org itself, um, their merchandise sales and all those kind of things. But I think you at some point have to perform because if you never get to see your favorite players play because they're never in it, then it just, it just kind of becomes a bummer as a fan. I think we're going to leave it out there. Uh, some good points. Um, I think if they do stay together, then uh, we'll have G2 as the Toronto Maple Leafs of, uh, of Rocket League. There's there's a Canada, Canadian joke for you. Um, yeah, I yeah. so we get some good discussion out of that. Uh, I think we're actually going to wrap up here. Um, I think one thing that I've also been thinking about is, um, you know, we're, we're experimenting with the format. Um, and I always want to beat an hour, but I don't want to go an hour 30, hour 40 every week, especially when we had a couple shows that have been like an hour 40, uh, in the last little bit. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think, I think we'll call it here. Um, so I guess what I'd like to do is first off, say thank you to all our patrons, uh, who, um, have been supporting us, have been listening. Um, we're hoping to continue to evolve, continue to have more content, you know, keep those game nights going keep the uh, tournaments rolling. Um, I think the one thing that I can't, I guess uh, I can't appreciate enough. I can't appreciate, appreciate enough is uh, the fact that we do have a community um, that there are people who, who have uh, been listening. We had a spike uh, in, in listeners last week. So I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe someone can tell me uh but uh, but uh, we appreciate all the support um and extra special- i was not there last week that's why uh, uh i see i see um <laughs> special <laughs> special um uh shout out to the roll call tier of uh cursor jy's kevin miffe paint rasik mopko tim chubarker and vance uh thank you all for that support um and uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling we're gonna keep it moving um i guess uh i like to i like to leave you off with something to work on during the week um try to find some time all right every day to do at least 30 minutes to an hour of some type of physical activity that gets your heart moving there you go um i think sometimes people under underappreciate how much uh you know exercise getting getting your heart pumping uh, is good overall for not just your physical health but also uh mm-hmm. your mental health so uh, there it is. There, there, there is my uh, homework for the week. I hope all of you have a good one. I hope you enjoyed our esports focused episode today. And for myself, Relentless and Wabbits, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye bye.